You're listening to the Fresh Hell Podcast. Fresh Hell contains stories of a disturbing and often graphic nature and is intended for a mature audience. Please don't let your kids listen to this, or they might turn out like us. Hi, I'm Johanna in Austria. And I'm Annie in the US. And you are listening to your favorite international podcast. That's right, award-winning international podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again for everybody's favorite, the Halloween Listener Stories episode. We also really love these episodes. A lot of you listen to us talk every week, so I think it's just really nice to hear from some of you. We enjoy it. Yes, I really love it. And you always have such great stories. You do. We'll start this episode with one that mentions last week episodes. And yeah, I think this is from one of your real life friends, right? It is, yeah, and she's fabulous. I'm seriously gonna have to host a party when you when you make it over here one day because now so many of my friends feel like they know you and they're like <laughs> really looking forward to meeting you. So oh we could have a murder mystery party. I would love that. We do them so often with our friends and they're always a hoot. I know, that's we why I want to do, do it when you visit, because we've never done one, <laughs> and so I need the help. Um, that would be so fun, wouldn't it? All right. Yes. Future ideas for things. Uh, with costumes, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. All right, should we start? So, the story goes. Hello, my favorite international podcasting ladies. <laughs> I, I love how this caught on. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, thanks for the shout-out during the Jersey Devil story. I did actually message her a couple of the Jersey Hellions, and I was like, you were legitimately kind of thought it was real as a kid, right? And they were all like, mm, yeah. <laughs> so she goes on, My best friend lives in Maze Landing and has heard many stories of that creature from other residents who've lived there since the 60s. Wacky. <laughs> Wanted to share a Halloween story. It's not that spooky, but why not? This is a story from my childhood, and I keep telling myself I must have been dreaming, but I truly believe this happened. I must have been 8 or 10 years old, and I had my own room in our New Jersey home. I remember waking up one night feeling the sensation of someone sitting on my bed. I saw what I thought was the outline of a woman, and my first thought was, Mom, why are you sitting on my bed in the middle of the night? So I called her name. Numerous times. No movement. No recognition. Mom, I repeated. Nothing. I think I ducked my head under the covers, but when I peeked out, the figure was gone. In the morning, I shared what had happened with my mother, and she was firm in her belief that it wasn't her. She had no history of sleepwalking, ever. We didn't have a dog at the time, so it couldn't have been a pet on the bed. It didn't happen again, but stays with me until this day. Have fun making the Halloween episode, and keep up the awesome... Uh, <laughs> all caps, work you too. XOXO, Hillary. That's so spooky, and it reminds me a lot of my sleep paralysis episodes. But I'm glad you could move and hide your head under the cover, so that it definitely wasn't sleep paralysis then. No, and I've said before about that I've experienced the sensation of somebody sitting on your bed. It's so very specific when it happens. It is. I think, Hillary, had you lost anybody around that time? Like any grandparents or great aunts and uncles? Like... I would say somebody was just coming for a visit would be my first inclination, especially if it never happened again. You know what I mean? All right. So this next one is really interesting. Laura writes, I have had, she, I think she might have written something really nice and gushy about us at the beginning, and I just cut out that part because compliments make me uncomfortable. 
All right. I have had the same dream every October 30th for as long as I can remember. My mom said she remembers me first telling her about it when I was about three. In my dream, I am in an old-fashioned, really girly room. Everything is pink, white, and ruffled. There's even a pink and white striped wallpaper on the walls. There's a canopy bed, a sit-down old-timey vanity with a mirror, a dresser, books on a shelf that's built into a wall. I want this room. My room was completely pink when I was a kid because I loved, loved, loved Barbie and I wanted everything pink and so my dad painted everything pink for me. Even my bed. He did such a great job. I didn't have a wall with color on it until I was in college. My family's houses were either wallpaper or eggshell white. Just everything was white. And I finally convinced them to start using color on walls when I was in college. So I also had, I, I used to be, or I still am, a huge fan of Marilyn Monroe. Mm. And my dad had one wall in my room later on when I was a teenager. Uh, he got a Marilyn Monroe wallpaper and he put it up. He was... That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. All right, so she continues. The spines of the books have no names on them. They are all green except for one faded red book. I look at myself in the mirror. I am about 12 to 14. I am wearing a dress because someone is coming to pick me up for a party. My dirty blonde hair hangs in perfect banana curls. My dress looks like it's from the late 1950s, early 1960s. Same period as the room's decor. I walk over to my desk and look at my calendar. There's no picture or year. It says October across the top. There are no dates on the calendar other than the 30th, which falls on a Tuesday. There are bright red X's across all the other day squares leading up to the 30th, whose square is circled in bold red marker. I feel happy and excited, but also a little nervous. I have butterflies in my stomach. I cross the room to my bay window. I sit down on my pink cushion, moving aside a white ruffled throw pillow with eyelets. I look down the street. There are other houses close by. They are big like mine and look as though they were built in the early 1900s. Most of the leaves have fallen, but there are still some yet. The street has cars parked on it from the 50s or early 60s. A breeze is clearing out clouds from rain earlier in the day. It smells like wet leaves drying. It's dark outside. There is a street light across the street. It flickers and goes out. I look up at the sky and I see a witch fly past the full moon. Then I wake up. Nothing in this dream ever changes. It will restart from where I left off if I'm awakened during it. I wish I knew what it meant. Laura. That is really interesting. I think the no fun answer is I wonder if you saw it on TV as a really young kid in like an advertisement or a TV show or a scene in a movie. You know what I mean? Maybe now someone will hear this and recognize it from something. Maybe your subconscious replays it. But the creepy part for me is why that date? First of all, I have to say I, th I love Laura. She's so yes. fun. Fun and interesting. Second of all, now I'm just wondering, when I dream of myself, do I dream, do I, do I have the, the point of view, you know, the perspective of me looking out of my eyes, or do I look like over my shoulder or down on me. I really mm. have to pay attention the next time. I think it's like my point of view. How do you dream? Or does it change? I don't know. Since I got PTSD, I don't remember dreams. 
Every so often I'll have a little bit of a dream, like if I get up an hour before I need to actually get up and need to pee, you know, I'll mm. have a sort of half asleep, half awake dream. But like the real, the real dreams that you used to wake up remembering, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sure I'm still having them. I just don't remember anything. I don't know. All right. Next story. Hello, Annie and Johanna. This takes place in the fall of 2001 in mid-Michigan. I was a freshman in college and was headed home for the weekend. That Friday, I wanted to take some back roads before getting onto the main five-lane road and headed east down a road that was parallel. I drove until the road ended, turned north, then went east some more, knowing that I would evenly run into the main road, which is State Route M20 or Isabella Road. As I drove, I noticed something odd. I stopped seeing vehicles. While the area is away from a main city, it's not desolate. Then I noticed my radio was no longer working. I had full function, but there was no sound. I turned north one final time onto a small two-lane road. I just have goosebumps, by the way. Sorry, that's me saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I turned north one final time onto a small two-lane road that was gravel, knowing by that the east-west road must be at the main road. I pulled up to the intersection and it was also a two-lane gravel road. I looked west and there was nothing but trees and fields. I looked east and saw a farmhouse. It was an old, mid to late 1800s looking farmhouse, but looked brand new. There was smoke coming from the chimney and fencing around a pasture that had cows in it. The fence had that old 1800s look, but brand new. My radio was still not working and the cows were the first life form I had seen in half an hour. I sat there for a few minutes, looked around and noticed on a pole was the name of the crossroad, Isabella Road. I was confused and so just kept driving on the road I was on. I drove until I hit a freeway that is 12 miles or 19 kilometers north, thanks for the conversion by the way, of the road I needed. I pulled into a gas station and my radio started to work again and I saw people and cars again. I was in desperate need of gas, had lost a good hour and a half and since I didn't have a debit or credit card, I went in and paid cash for my gas. I was so out of it, I spilled gas on the ground and had overpaid the pump by a good $10 and didn't even go back to get my change. I got onto the freeway and made a beeline home. The drive home normal took an hour and a half from college to home, but I somehow lost that amount of time on a drive that should have taken no more than 20 minutes. When I got home, I looked on a map and figured out where I got on the freeway and noticed I should have encountered a town prior to getting onto the freeway, a town that was settled in 1870 and was incorporated as a village in 1887. Where did the town go? Why was the five-lane road a small gravel road? Why did my radio stop playing music, nor had static? How did I lose an hour and a half? And where did the cars and people go? I still don't know the answers, but have read that area has been known for weird things happening. I still think about that day and get goosebumps when I do. Tiffany P. from Michigan. This is really, that that gave me goosebumps. I read it already and it still gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that one is... Twilight Zone spooky, 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 spooky. So I think the only rational explanation, but it doesn't even fit, would be like driving hypnosis, right? Highway hypnosis. I remember very vaguely learning about this in one of my neurobiology classes as a psych student, but it's like it it's where you arrive at a place where you were traveling to with just no memory of making the drive, even though you were driving very safely. So that's part of it. It's super common, right? Where you get somewhere and you're like, I have no memory of getting here. And it's really disconcerting when it happens. But the problem with it being a possibility here is you just you wouldn't remember that level of detail that Tiffany has. Yeah. That's the whole point of it, right? So 
What on earth did she experience? It's creepy. So scary. Doesn't happen often to me. But when it does, I always feel guilty. I know yes. I'm paying, I'm, you know, because you feel like you didn't pay attention to driving, which is not true. It's just, I mean, I don't know. For me, it only happens on roads that are like, yeah, as they say, highways. Yes, it's supposed it's to be. It's not while you're on gravel roads no. turning left and right. So you know what I no, mean? No, it's, I think it's usually caused by like flickering light through the trees yeah. in your peripheral vision. But so it doesn't, it doesn't really, that's the thing. The only thing that I can think of still doesn't fit. I mean, do you think you could just go through all of a sudden, be in the past, be in a... Well, who knows? I mean, there are these uh, parallel universe yeah, theories out theory. there. Yeah. 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 It's... All right. It's spooky. Spooky. You just take the wrong turn and you end up in 1825. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Just keep your fingers crossed that you don't, you know, pull a splinter. Right. I'd be dead immediately. Our next story gives me goosebumps. Hi there. I've been enjoying your spooky October episodes and I have a personal ghost story to share with you. Thank you. When I was around 13, my parents got divorced and my mom moved into a townhouse apartment. It was a two-bedroom apartment and when my brother and I stayed over, my mom slept on the couch. Sorry. Quick sidebar and shout out to the single parents who give up privacy and comfort for their kids. I know a lot of people that have done this and it's not only single parents, though. When I grew up, my parents were, were really young when I was born. And they had a teeny tiny apartment. Teeny tiny. And they slept in the, in the living room. So I could have my room, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. My sister the same now. She sleeps in the, in the living room. So my nephew has his room. Yeah. I mean, there's the practical side of it, which is that you're up later than them and up earlier than yeah, them, right? Exactly. So that yeah. makes sense. But it is a lot to give up. It's all right. She continues. One night, I woke up to the distinct feeling of someone sitting at the foot of my bed. I was spooked, but had an oscillating fan running, and I watched it to see if the fan was blowing on the blankets above my feet and causing the sensation. I was sure it wasn't the fan. It felt like someone was repeatedly sitting on my bed, then standing up. I could feel the sinking of the mattress, but I didn't see anything. I was scared enough to get out of bed and wake my mom downstairs. She blew it off as nothing, and I slept on the reclining chair the rest of the night. It never happened again, and my mom eventually moved to a new house with my stepdad. One night, we were watching ghost shows, and I asked my mom if she remembered that night. Surprisingly, she not only remembered it, but she was shaken up by the whole ordeal. She said that she had experienced the same sensation at that apartment, both on the couch and when she slept in my bedroom when I was at my dad's house. My mom told me that she was so frightened to find out I experienced the same thing, she could hardly sleep for a week. She would call my stepdad every night, afraid to go to bed. My stepdad corroborated this. She said that she didn't tell me at the time because she was afraid that I wouldn't want to come over to her house anymore if I knew. My mom isn't the type of person to make something like that up as a joke. I honestly assumed I must have imagined the ordeal until she told me it happened to her as well. I know there are potential explanations for it, but it's just so bizarre that my mom and I would both have dreamt up the same thing. To this day, I don't know how to reconcile that experience with my atheist worldview. But that's my spooky story, and I hope you enjoyed it. Lexi. P.S. I'm from Michigan, USA, but this story took place in Ohio. I love this story. Again, I really feel like the sitting on the bed, when it just feels like somebody is sitting on your bed, I've 
always feel like it must be someone you knew who passed and was visiting. And maybe that's just my happy worldview. <laughs> Somebody who keeps standing up and sitting down wants yeah. your attention, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. I've had more of a just sitting, not so much the standing and sitting and standing and sitting, but they yeah. wanted you to know they were there. That's the scary part for me, honestly. Yeah. Like testing out a new mattress at a mattress store where you sort of That's do true. that little half jump. <laughs> I don't know. I think what she mentioned, though, from reconciling this from an atheist worldview, I'm not an atheist, but I would say that keep in mind that a lot of people believe that, you know, energy can't, if we're made of energy and energy can't be created or destroyed, then it's another form of energy. There doesn't necessarily have to be any kind of theism involved, I don't think, to believe in another side. You know, it's um, yeah. string theory posits lots of interesting stuff about that. So I think you can reconcile the two. I, yeah, I just think that was, I don't know, I hope it was somebody just <laughs> keeping an eye out in a nice way. It feels mischievous, though. A little bit. Like a kid. You wonder, there could be, yeah. It didn't happen once they left the apartment, though, did it? So it seems like it was more of a yeah. attached to that place than having a visitor. I've got goosebumps now. All right. I'm going to do another quick one because it's really brief. This one says, Hi, ladies. Ben here. You can use my real name and congrats on the award win. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Singaporean here and all males have to serve mandatory two-year military service. I got to serve in a police operations room, and one day, while I was getting ready with a buddy of mine to take over the morning shift, we both saw our sergeant walk into the pantry, but when we walked in to have our dinner, we found it to be empty and swore we never saw him walk out of it. That's the story, and I love it, because... What was it? Was it a doppelganger? Was it a rift in the space-time continuum, like... Did it happen on the same date as the drive through that town? Yeah. Was there a whole thing everywhere that day and we're only just now realizing it? I don't know. That one's creepy, too. I think it's great. Also, I want to say I love Singapore. I've been there so often. Like, I went there once a month during my time as a flight attendant, and it's... Oh, I love it. And my sister Lucy and family love it there, too. They, I'm so jealous of all the photographs they've taken there. Just beautiful. All right. Here's our next listener story. Hey, ladies, I absolutely love your podcast. Congratulations on being an award-winning podcast. Thank Yay. you. You girls really deserve it. I'm, for everybody out there listening who doubt, it really says that. So here's my spooky <laughs> story and I guess a self-gratification story as well. I'm very empathetic. I'm very sensitive to people's feelings, not just the living, but on the other side as well. When I tell people for the first time, I either get one of two reactions. One, someone else who is empathetic or knows someone who is empathetic and understands. Or two, I get a questioning look. My husband, when I first told him this, gave me a questioning look, but didn't say anything because we were dating at the time. <laughs> Smart. Whenever I mentioned sensing someone's feelings, he gave me a poker face and just listened. Well, fast forward to our fifth wedding anniversary we are celebrating in Park City, Utah, where I found out there was a ghost tour of the city, so of course I had to do it. So after a romantic dinner, I dragged my husband to the ghost tour. I loved it because my husband is the same. He's always up for everything, even if it's not to his liking. He always, he's so... I just love traveling with him. Not that he's a pushover, but he's up for everything. Yeah, no, Paul's the same way. If I want to do it, he'll do it. He's really good about that. Yeah. 
So taking the tour was fun and exciting, walking up Main Street and learning all the macabre history of Park City, but as we kept moving up the street, I sensed a dark, evil and hatred feeling. I sensed that it was coming from the upstairs of a house that was up for sale, up and across the street. I felt this deep hatred staring down on us from the window. I whispered to my husband, Do you see that house for sale down the way across the street? Yes, he replied. There is something evil in that house. His response was again the poker face. (laughs) (laughs) So far, on the tour, we never talked about anything evil, just your typical ghost story about a person who lived and died and any ghost tales or experiences one might get. We moved up the street and I'm just trying to ignore this evil feeling and put my anxiety aside and pay attention to the tour guide, but I'm getting sicker with every step we get closer to this house. And then we crossed the street to the dreaded house. The tour guide stopped in front of the house and told us the tale. He stated there was no reason this house should be haunted. He stated there was no death on record or major event that would cause a haunting. However, he stated there was something evil in this house. He stated that people get sick in the house, get scratched, and ghost hunters have gotten very creepy EVPs. Electronic voice phenomena, just for everybody not knowing, yeah. Right, so that's when you set up a recorder and you can only hear the the message someone's speaking when you listen to it back. You don't hear it at the time, but you hear it on the recording. They're creepy. All EVPs. EVPs are all creepy. The story continues. He told us the owners have been trying to sell this house for many years and are having a hard time selling the house. Apparently, one time on a house tour, everything was going fine. The realtor and the potential buyer went upstairs and heard a loud noise from downstairs. They ran down and saw that the floorboards were all scratched out, which was fine a few minutes ago. The potential buyers noped right out of that house. Good. (laughs) Wise noping right there. The tour guide then told us that no matter what, the upstairs was always freezing. As we all know, heat rises. The tour guide pulled out a thermal gun and demonstrated and pointed it to the other houses. The thermostat showed that the upper levels were warmer than the lower levels. He then demonstrated on this fucked up house, and like he said, the upstairs was colder than the downstairs. Not only that, but it was colder than the air outside of the house. (laughs) I mean, there's such a thing as air conditioning, so... There is. And the window that I felt the evil presence was staring down on us was even colder than any other space around the thermal gun. During this entire time when the tour guide is talking, my husband's eyes go wider and wider. Of course, I'm feeling vindicated and kept looking my husband with a look of, see, I told you. (laughs) Finally, when we moved on to the next haunted building, my husband quietly said, you were right. When the ghost tour was over, my husband still baffled on what had happened. And ever since then, he has believed me when I've talked about my empathy. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Love. A fellow hellion from Idaho. <laughs> P.S. Johanna, my husband, lived in the Munich area and in Salzburg for a few years and loves your stories about Germany and Austria. Hey, tell your husband I said hi. That's awesome. That's so... That's interesting. What I have to say about this story, one thing that was very important to me when we were house hunting and before we bought the house we're now living in is the feeling that you get when you enter a house. I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe it's... It's nothing, but do you know what I mean? Sometimes you get into a house and it feels cozy and warm. And even if there's nothing inside, even if the house has to be fixed up, but then there are houses that just feel bad. Absolutely. Our house, I think, has this very homey slash homely vibe. That's actually a funny thing in English. So in the United States, 
homely is a term, it's kind of a nicer way of saying someone is ugly. Whereas in England, and now I'm not sure about Canada and Australia, but in England, homely means what we would call the adjective homey, like cozy, welcoming feeling. Here we'd say it's homey. In England, it's homely, but here it's homey, which is also not to be confused with the noun homey, as in rolling with my homies. That's a different, different homey. But it was funny when our UK relatives came to visit and they kept saying how homely our house is. Because even (laughs) though you know they're not saying it's ugly, you're so offended for like one eighteenth of a second (laughs) until your brain makes the adjustment. It's unsettling. That's really intense. I definitely do pick up on things that I don't understand sometimes, but not as deeply or as often, I don't think, as that writer. That's super creepy. All right. And here is one from Billy who writes, Hi. It is okay to use my name. I want to start off by saying that I love spooky shit, but I'm not much of a believer in it. Same with our husbands. That being said, I do have a weird story. I grew up in a very small town in rural Mississippi. My dad was an over-the-road truck driver, so that meant my mom and I were home alone most of the time. The house we lived in had a driveway that circled all the way around the back of the house, and my parents always parked behind the house. That meant when you left, you would have to drive past one side of the house on the way out. I have a clear memory of this event. It was early evening, starting to get a little dark, and my mom and I were getting ready to go somewhere. She was a stickler for making sure all the lights were off when we left the house, so we went through the house, turned off all the lights, and went out the back door to get in the car. In what could not have been more than one minute, we drove around the side of the house and saw through the windows that lights in our dining room were on. Naturally, my mom freaked right the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I get that. This was the early 90s in rural Mississippi, so it goes without saying we did not have a cell phone. My mom actually had to drive to the nearest gas station to use a payphone to call the sheriff's office. They sent out a cop who was one of our closest neighbors, like I said, very small town, and he went through every room of the house. The lights were still on, but there was no one inside. While nothing like that ever happened again that I remember, growing up I did hear weird sounds in my room, and many times I heard someone say my name, from the other rooms, only to find that none of my family had called for me. Yes, that used to happen to me in that St. Augustine house. I hate that. As I got older, I thought maybe this whole incident was a dream that I had mistook for a memory, but when I asked my mom about it, she said no. It had happened, and her recollection of it was the same as mine. That house was lost in a fire when I was in elementary school, so I guess I'll never know if it was haunted or not. That's my ghost story. I love y'all in your podcast. Tell your dogs I said hello. (laughs) We will. And you tell yours hi right back. Yeah. I will say lights being on, I think, is one of the most common things that we have here in my house. I think a lot of them are just really excited about the invention of electricity and do not appreciate the need for saving electricity. Also, someone needs to let the toilet ghosts know about water conservation. I think it makes absolute sense uh, that people who crossed over can manipulate electricity or something like recordings, for example. I also have to say something similar happened to us when we bought the house and started to live here. So we have a ground floor and a first floor, which would be the second floor in the US, right? Yes. And we are this kind of people who always turn off the lights afterwards. And for now, we are just living downstairs because we are renovating upstairs, right? And Philip was here at the time, my husband, and it was dark because it was February, I think, when we moved here. And we left the house to walk the dogs. 
and we made the whole round past the castle, yes, we live near the castle, and walk back to our house, and from far away we already see lights in the upstairs room. And I freak out completely. <laughs> I also have to say that um, most of you might remember, if you listened since the beginning, that I was not a believer at all when we started this podcast, but <laughs> things have changed drastically mm -hmm. since I know Annie, and also since last year, and uh, yeah. having experienced personal loss. I think that's something that changes these kind of things. So I freak out completely and I tell my husband, oh my god, the light is on upstairs and I'm sure we turned it off. And he's like, if we have a ghost who turns on our lights, gonna be so pissed. <laughs> he's not a believer at all, but he always humors me. Yeah. He's more the kind of person who thinks of somebody breaking in. Yes. So we get into the house and he goes upstairs to see what's going on. And then we realize that my mom's husband uh, had been upstairs uh, when he was over to look at the construction site. And he's the kind of person who leaves on everything. He leaves on the lights when he leaves his own house. He leaves the TV running when he leaves his own house. So, yeah, <laughs> my mom's husband was our light ghost. <laughs> Your light ghost. Oh, that's good. Yeah, our lights, it's a little bit weird when a light is on and you're you're pretty sure that, you know, it was off. But it does happen with some frequency over here. Here's a story from the other Johanna, she says. <laughs> Listening to today's cryptid episode really prompted me to send in a Halloween submission. From the other Johanna, another terrifying story <laughs> from my childhood. For those of you who don't know who you're not in the Facebook group, Annie, you want to explain why she's the other Johanna? Her name is very similar to yours. And so it starts with the same last initial as well. And so for a little while, we are active in the Facebook group and... She was having to do like hashtag not that Johanna or hashtag the other <laughs> Johanna or not the real Johanna. It was pretty funny, just so people didn't think it was you. Didn't Moose think that we have uh, like a troll? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because my sister, the Moose is, is a uh, moderator and she pinged me and she was like, can you check? Can you just check this person that's trying to join the group? Because do you think they're trying to be a fake Johanna? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So... Again, from Ada Johanna, another terrifying story from my childhood. I was born and raised in southeastern Pennsylvania, a little bit west of Philadelphia. My parents and I lived in the city, but I was lucky enough to have a loving grandmother with a wonderful home in the countryside where I spent most weekends. She had many partially wooded acres and a swimming pool. That sounds great. Yeah. The home itself was pretty average. There was a formal living room that no one ever used. In that room, there was an electric organ. I want to live with her grandmother. <laughs> a huge set of Encyclopedias Britannica, lots of books and magazines, photo albums, and my grandmother's sewing supplies. Great entertainment for a nerdy 8 to 12 year old to busy themselves in the 80s and 90s. Ah, so much fun. That living room also had a huge picture window facing the woods. The tree line started maybe 40 feet or 12.19 meters. Did you convert this? I didn't. No, people convert I love when it. they yeah. start to convert things for me. Amazing. Started maybe 40 feet or 12.1 meters from the house. Another awesome thing about being there was that I was allowed to stay up as late as I wanted. <laughs> I love grandparents. It's the Well best. passed when my grandmother went to bed. Most Saturday nights, I watched the parentally forbidden <laughs> Saturday Night Live, and then I moved into the abandoned living room to read or craft. <laughs> your 11-year-old life was my, is my best life. Like, you're living my dream right now. 
One night, when I was probably 11, Saturday Night Live had finished and I thought I'd entertain myself by playing a little organ with <laughs> headphones. I was so cool. <laughs> As I rounded the corner into the dark room, something huge and moonlit caught my eye outside. There, outside the picture window, stood a massive black silhouette as tall as the window itself, so probably 8 feet. I could tell it had wings that were folded in around its body like a bat and weird goatish legs and a weird pointy head. Mm -mm. I must have stopped walking abruptly because it jerked to look at me. I froze. I couldn't look away. It continued to stare at me for what felt like hours, but was probably only 30 seconds. Its breath made fog on the window as it leaned in closer no. And through the foggy spot, I could see glowing red beads of eyes. Oof. <laughs> no, thank you. It got so close that its goatee nose booped against <laughs> the glass and made a little smear. Well, Jesus. now it sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone to keep it as a pet. I do. Maybe it startled itself by hitting the glass. That's what Jam would do. I know. <laughs> because next it grouched, sprang, and flapped its wings. Up it went, onto the roof. I heard some scratchy, hoofy noises, and then it was gone. <laughs> I went and sat in my bedroom, silent and frozen. I didn't sleep that night, of course, and the next morning I tried to tell my grandmother what I had seen. She said something like, oh, I bet the neighbor's horses got loose. Mm -hmm. I'll admit that I have a great imagination, but what I saw was not a horse. Horses don't have wings. And they <laughs> usually don't have glowy eyes or goaty noses nor do they exit your presence by jumping onto the roof and flying away. That's very rare. Unless they're Pegasus. Yeah, that's super uncommon. <laughs> As I got older, I have thought about what happened. What was that thing? I loosely concluded that it had to be the Mothman. But after listening to today's cryptid episode, was it the Jersey Devil? The Pine Barrens are only 80 miles away. Hey, where's the conversion here, Johanna? <laughs> An easy flight for a devil baby. Whatever it was, had it been watching me from the woods on previous nights? Did it know I was usually alone in that room? Was it waiting for me? Happy Halloween. Bum, oh, that's bum, scary. Bum. That was a really good story, Johanna. <laughs> yeah, that it. was a good one. It sounds like the Jersey Devil to me. I don't see why it couldn't have been a devil baby of some sort, right? Or... Okay. I also have a very vivid memory that I'm sure, like really sure, had to have been a combination of dreams and imagination, but I could pass a lie detector test, I bet, about Christmas Eve at, we were, it was Christmas, and we were staying at my aunt's house. And my sister and I were sleeping in the room that used to belong to my mom and my aunt, and it had twin beds in it. And it looked out on the front of the house. And I vividly remember, really vividly, hearing hoof, hoof, hoofy sounds <laughs> on the roof. And just being convinced that I heard Santa. And then I dove into bed and pretended to be asleep because I was terrified that if he realized that I was awake, he'd just fuck off and not leave me any presents. <laughs> so... Maybe it was, I mean, obviously, I don't think that really happened, but maybe it did. Just a very vivid dream, but that really sounds a lot like the Jersey Devil. Mm. Do you think you would have heard about the Jersey Devil around this time? I wonder. That's creepy. 
little, little goaty nose prints. <laughs> I love it. All right. Our next story is, oh, this one I thought was also really interesting. Annie and Johanna. My name is Sydney, and both sides of my family, mom and dads, there have been some weird encounters. My three younger sisters and father have all had paranormal experiences as well. As a child, I was terrified of our basement, but when we had our exchange student from Germany move in with us when I was in fifth grade, my parents thought this would be a great time to move me downstairs and out of the bedroom I shared with one of my sisters. With another person in the other basement bedroom, surely I couldn't be that scared. I always felt like I was being watched or followed in my childhood home and told my parents over and over that the basement was weird. I had friends say they saw an older man and aunts and uncles or would also feel or see an older man in the basement. Our exchange student would have things go missing in her room or her alarm clock would be changed by an hour or so. Well, soon we began to remodel our kitchen... And when we did, I started having strange nightmares. In these dreams, I was the only one home with my baby sister. My other siblings and both parents were out in these dreams. I would be standing in the kitchen holding my baby sister when all of a sudden the torso and head of an old man with an impressive cowboy rancher-like mustache would appear floating in the air. He would scream at me, stop, you're ruining everything, stop changing my house, over and over again until I would wake up, still feeling like someone was watching me from my doorway. Oh, That's terrifying. Yeah, but also I feel sorry for the cowboy guy. Yes. Yes. That's true. Well, now I do too, damn it. All right. I've gone from spooky to feeling sad. (laughs) (laughs) I never told my parents about the dreams until I was an adult because no one had believed me about the basement being haunted. We moved out of that house when I was 12, and I asked my mom if anything strange had ever happened there. She told me that the previous owner's husband had died by suicide in one of the basement bedrooms. We ended up getting to know the young man who bought our house, and he would later ask my dad if anything strange had ever happened there, and my dad jokingly, because he never believed me, said, you mean like ghosts? And the old man said, yes. The cabinets began to open and close on their own, the computer would turn on and off, and it felt like someone was rushing past him on the stairs. Later, when I was in my early 20s, I did some digging. I remembered the name of the lady that we bought the house from and looked up her last name in the town's newspaper archives. I found her daughter's obituary and then found the husband's name. I found his burial location at the local cemetery, but I still couldn't find any pictures. So I asked my mom to get into contact with the previous owner. She did and explained that I had had some strange experiences while growing up in the house and was wondering if I could see a photo of her husband so I could get some closure. Without any prompting, the previous owner asked my mom if I had seen her husband in dreams. She was interested and sent a few photos. My mom forwarded those photos to me and sure enough, it was the man with an impressive cowboy rancher mustache that would yell at me in my dreams. When I opened those photos, I had to take a moment because I was seeing the face from my childhood recurring nightmares. I love you guys and the show. Wow. That is... I really wish I knew who was haunting my house. I'm a little bit (laughs) jealous that they were able to figure out who was haunting them because it's weird not knowing the name of someone else you live with, right? I don't know. I think it's funny that the biggest issue you have with being haunted is not knowing the ghost's name. 
I know. It seems rude. Also, <laughs> I have a story. I think renovating a house, you told me about it, how renovating a, an older house can bring things up. Oh, yeah. I have a story about that. I think I will tell it in the end of this episode. It's good. Okay, our last two stories. They are slightly lighter and more fun. Here goes from Rita in Tennessee. In 1970, in Bitburg, Germany, my first husband was in the U.S. Air Force. Two of his Air Force friends had come to spend the weekend in our apartment in town. We had been drinking and listening to music when one of the guys pulled out a Ouija board. We lit candles, turned off the lights, lit incense. Of course, there may have been some ingestion of illegal substances involved. <laughs> and sat down to approach the board. One of our friends put his fingers on the stylus, and I put mine on it as well. We asked for any spirits to present themselves. It first spelled out, you should not be here. We asked, why? The answer came, you don't belong here. I answered, this is my home. Suddenly, the windows blew open, pulling the sheer curtains out with them, and all the candles blew out. A chill came over all four of us. We immediately put the Ouija board away, closed the windows and turned the lights back on. We never tried it again. P.S. The next week we tried some synthetic mescaline <laughs> and I wound up sitting atop the refrigerator cross-legged with one of our friends sitting on the floor paying homage to me. <laughs> so you must take our Ouija board experience in light of our weirdness. <laughs> It's a fun story, and I'm so glad that it's a fun story because I don't like Ouija boards. I find yeah. them scary, even though they're just a toy company's product. I don't trust them. No, I still have a Ouija board story I'm not ready to talk about. <laughs> that one just made me laugh a lot. I agree. I don't like Ouija boards. Okay. Our last story is from Jen, and she writes, This is a spooky babysitting story with a silly ending. I grew up in Austin, Texas, in an area rich with history. There are many small family cemeteries from the 19th century that are protected historical sites, so you'll find an old plot surrounded by mid-20th century homes. Some people find it charming. I find it unsettling. One such cemetery is that of the Davis family, and I had the scary experience of babysitting for a family that lived next to this family plot. Here is a photo. So she shared a photo, which we can probably put up in our Facebook group, or we'll find out if it's her picture or not. The Davis family buried their deceased here throughout the 19th century, and ever since, the descendants have maintained the lot. The grave markers are lovely, but have been quite weathered over time. There have been periods where maintenance was neglected, and it became overgrown with weeds and tall grass. So its spooky factor is quite high, and it's haunted, for sure. <laughs> In the early 1990s, I was 13 or 14 years old and babysat for a family that lived directly behind the Davis Cemetery. Their homes in this area all had chain-link fencing around their yards, so the graveyard was in clear sight from every backyard. <sighs> living the dream. The family I worked for had huge sliding glass doors that opened from the living room lounge into their backyard, so anyone sitting inside had an unavoidable view of the cemetery. I found it to be beyond creepy as a young teen alone in the house at night. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, with the family's young children. Nowadays, I would be like strike world's most quiet neighbors. Thanks. Exactly. Yes. But as a teenager, yeah, you have different priorities. It's so true. I thought graveyards were creepy as a kid, but now, yeah, exactly. Like perfect neighbors. <laughs> so she writes, 
I was stuck hanging out in the living room once the kids were in bed, watching TV and trying hard not to look at the dark old graveyard and the ghosts I was certain were lurking about. It was scary as fuck, but the parents were always home early and paid well, so I was happy to babysit when the parents wanted to have dinner out and see a movie on Saturday nights. However, one night in 1990, when I was 13, the parents went out as usual, but did not return at their usual time. They never stayed out later than 10 p.m. As the clock ticked on into the late night, I sat in the living room, and with nothing to do, my thoughts and gaze turned toward the cemetery. According to everything I'd learned about ghosts at sleepovers and summer camp, they were most active near midnight. It was autumn, so it was drizzling rain, and a bit of fog was accumulating on the ground. As it passed 11 p.m., I began to worry, not only about my charge's parents being so late, but about the ghosts climbing out and meandering over to the huge glass doors I was seated (laughs) next to during their midnight haunting time. By 11.30, I was legitimately 100% freaked out. The fog was playing tricks on my eyes, and I was convinced I was minutes away from witnessing ghosts climbing from their graves. I was panicking, truly frightened, but couldn't take my eyes off the graveyard. And where the hell were the parents? Being pre-mobile days, I had no clue what was keeping them, so my mind raced to the worst-case scenarios, all which involved the parents never returning home. (laughs) I was... (laughs) I can just... Sorry for laughing. (laughs) No, it's... Terrible things happen, but... We've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) I was so worked up. By 11.50 p.m., I was almost in tears with fright and worry. Then I heard the garage door open. Semi-convinced that ghosts were breaking in, I kept through the... (laughs) They knew the garage code. God, still looking over your shoulder all that time. Uh, I crept toward the garage. Much to my relief, the parents walked in, safe, well, and very apologetic. Turns out they had gone to see the film Dances with Wolves, unaware its runtime was three hours and 56 minutes. Ugh, so many people have been burned by that film. So that's the reason they weren't home sooner. So fortunately, I was out of there before midnight, narrowly missing the ghosts. No doubt. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Thank you. That was a fun ending. Yeah. Ghosts and cemeteries. Do you think ghosts hang out at cemeteries regularly? Because I have the feeling, like I I read once in a, I think it was a book, that they are just there with you when you visit or when they newly arrive, so to say, which reminds me of a story I had with Lila. <laughs> you remember last year I was living with my mom when we moved from Vienna and were looking for a house, right? Yeah. And uh, often I walk past the local cemetery with Cem and Lila. One time, there was a funeral scheduled for later that afternoon. And we always walked there early morning and nobody was ever there yet. Yeah. Uh, So again, on that day when the the funeral was scheduled for the afternoon, it was early morning, cemetery was empty, nobody was there. So we walk past the gate and all of a sudden Leela stops in her tracks and she stares at the gate. And I look and there's nothing. At first, she's wagging her tail but soon she starts to hang her ears in a, you know, this kind of very sad way oh. ears can hang and, and get really sad eyes and starts to whine, really quietly whine and whimper a bit. Oh, baby. I kept walking with her and she kept turning her head back, looking at the gate, and she kept making these sad little whiny noises. Lila is such a, a gentle and unbelievably empathetic dog. She's, uh, I love her so much. I don't know what she saw. Or who she saw. She's so sweet. I love the video you posted of them howling. Who do you think she would have seen? Maybe the person who had the funeral that day. Who knows? Could be. It could be. I like the story because it's interesting. And 
and just a little bit creepy, you know? I absolutely do think, though, like you said, I think our dogs and other animals pick up on things that we can't see. Mm. I really do think so. We used to joke all the time that the house ghost must give Tucker a lot of scritches because the room, there's the one room, which is actually just outside my little podcasting nook, where people hear voices. You hear women talking in that room all the time. And Tucker absolutely loved that room. And he'd go in there wagging his tail at just nothing. And so best we can (laughs) figure out, he just was real popular with the ghosts. Yeah. Didn't your dad just hear the voices the last time he stayed over? He did. And the thing that was interesting is he was upstairs. So that's the first time anybody's heard the voices from upstairs. My sister in the same room my dad was in has heard piano music pretty often. Like, it sounds like a piano is being played in the house. I asked her, there's a church near us, and you get you get the Carillion bells on Sunday. So I was like, could it have been that? But it was at night. She said it wasn't long after we'd all gone to bed. She said she thought I was still outside smoking my last cigarette of the evening <laughs> when she heard it. And I was like, well, it definitely wasn't coming from outside because I'd have said, hey, who was playing piano music at 2am? Like, nobody else heard it. So just kind of interesting. Sometimes there are just logic explanations for creepy and scary things, right? So often. And I have a story about that. Yes. As I said, we bought the house, we started renovating upstairs, which meant we had to we had to pull out a lot of things. Because, you know, when you buy an older house, the things often take you by surprise and you're like, okay... We are going to take out the floors. Oh, wow. Now we see that problem. Now we see that problem. So in the end, we were left with pretty much everything like ripped out of that upstairs floor. Yeah. I'm in the kitchen washing dishes when I hear loud banging, knocking on the window in the room that I use as my bedroom at the moment. Jam heard it as well because he jumped and looked at me, and I ran to the window immediately, so our windows faced the street, but it's a fenced-in front yard. It wouldn't make sense to go to the window. You have to stand on your tippy toes to reach up and knock on the window, right? But there it was, clearly knocking on the window. So I opened the window, look out, and there's nothing, nobody there. And any when you come over, you're going to see there's no possibility that you move that fast away without me seeing you when I open the window in oh, a couple I of seconds. You. Yeah. Maybe I misheard, but Jem heard it as well. Happened again a couple of days later. Very aggressively knocking on the window. Again, I run to the window. I'm very brave nowadays that my husband is not home because I have to check when there's scary noises in the house. Open the window again, nothing. Run to the front door, look out, nothing. Jem is running after me, looking all scared and confused. Couple of weeks later, I'm standing in the bathroom, brushing my teeth... Again, very, very angry knocking. And it's either knocking from, you know, people standing outside the window. Mm. Or what if it is people standing inside, knocking on the window from the inside, right? Nope. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. So I get really fucking scared. Like I have goosebumps (laughs) all over. I'm really scared. Great. Uh, We started to renovate the house. Now, whoever is in here got really, really angry with me because we are ruining the house. Like you said, you told me when you started to renovate the house, you know, there was a lot of activity going on. There was, yeah. So I call my husband, tell him all about it. Thank God he's so understanding. And he's like this person, he's like, well, could it be dead? Could it have been dead? And I'm like, no, I know how knocking on glass sounds. It was Mm -hmm. knocking on glass, I swear to God. I call my mom. I said, mom, I think we have a ghost and it's, it's not pleased with what we're doing. 
And when we moved in, my mom came here and she smoked the whole house with lavender and some other things. I don't know. She does it very often. And she did it here to, you know, clear out everything that's here. And she's like, sure. don't worry, I'm going to come over on the weekend and I'm going to do it again. And we're going to open all the windows and we're going to clean everything with vinegar and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, thanks. A couple of days later, before my mom could come here, I'm standing in the door to the bedroom. And as I said, we're having a construction site. Everything is like very... How do you call that when you use boxes as a nightstand? Oh, it's just... Makeshift. Yeah, makeshift. Perfect. Yeah, it's very makeshift at the moment. And my husband uses two boxes as a nightstand. Yeah. <laughs> and between the two boxes, there's like a little nook. And Leela loves to, to lie there during the day. It's tiny. It's, it's the, where I said she's, she's foldable. Yes. I put the photo up in the, in the Facebook group. So I'm standing there and again, very aggressive knocking on the window. <laughs> but thank God this time I'm standing there and from the corner of my eye, I see Leela is moving at the same time that the knocking is going on. She's very aggressively scratching herself, knocking with her leg on the wall and on the boxes. <laughs> and somehow, don't ask how this happens, but her knocking on the wall and boxes somehow got transferred over to the other side of the room and made the windows shake. Yeah. So I have my little little Leela demon scaring me. She did it again uh, one once at night when I was lying in bed. And the sound was different, so I guess it's when I'm in bed, somehow blocking the vibration. I don't know. Oh, maybe. But yeah, it was scary. If it goes through the floorboards, it could just be your extra weight on the bed yeah. doesn't let it vibrate as much. I love that. My husband's, I've told you before, my husband's prized possession is his 25-year-old Audi <laughs> S S6. And whoever he, he bought it used a, while, a long, long time ago. But the person he bought it from, it's got some kind of aftermarket sport exhaust. It used to have a really tricky clutch to drive to. Um, anyway, it used to be <laughs> fun to drive. But also when he when he's in the driveway with that, depending on where you are in the house, various windows will rattle all over the house just from the vibration <laughs> of his car. And it happens if there's a... um. Sometimes when there's planes or helicopters flying mm. low overhead, I'll have to say to Johanna, wait, pause it, because all the windows are yeah. rattling and vibrating, and I can't wait to get new windows, but they're so expensive, new windows. Yeah. Have it when I told you about my, my knocking ghost, and you remember what you said, you're like, I don't like that it's aggressive. I'm I like, did. yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah, you said it was knocking in a scary way, and I was like, yeah. tell it it's scaring you, maybe it'll be less aggressive. <laughs> That's what kept happening with us. Well, you all know I've told you the story, but could you just cool it with the slamming? Like, I get it. You don't have to take it that far. And they they, they cooled it a little, so thanks. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for your stories. I'm really proud you. this year that we actually managed to do one without any crying. It's true. It's the first time. <laughs> Can we get through a Halloween without crying? Thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate you. Yes, everybody who sent in a story and we didn't pick, please don't be sad. We're gonna, I'm gonna try to not delete them for next year or maybe send them in again. There's so many messages. It's crazy for it me really how many messages was. we got this year. Yeah, and a couple of them made us cry. So that's one way to know. Like if yeah. your story kind of made us cry, not this year. <laughs> But they were amazing. All the stories were amazing. It was really, really hard to pick and choose. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Please, if you have a moment and can leave us a review, we would be ever so grateful. Tell your friends about us. Uh, you can find out how to contact us, all of our information, and where to buy our merchandise. It's all on our website, which is freshhellpodcast.com. Please tell your pets we said hi. Halloween is only a couple of days away, so put on the little wings you bought them or the little horns and get them ready for a creepy, spooky, scary Halloween night. That's Make right. them howl <laughs> at the moon or I don't know, whatever your jam is. Not my jam. Not your jam. <laughs> Our jam. Yeah. Yeah. And be kind to your fellow right. human being. Give out the good candy this year. Yes. And... As always, if you yourself are going through hell, keep going. Tschüss. Happy Halloween. <laughs>